Blog Talk Radio. Interviewing your favorite musicians, comedians, and other creative souls. This is the Carrie Edelman Show. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Carrie Edelman Show. I want to just start out by wishing everyone a happy new year, and I hope that everyone had an amazing holiday season this past 2015, but we are back for 2016, and I'm really excited tonight to have Sons of Texas coming on. They are a blues metal band that are based out of McAllen, Texas, and uh, it's going to be a great interview tonight. We have the lead guitarist, Jess, calling in, so I will bring him on in a moment. To anyone new that's tuning into my show, I always like to do a brief introduction. Um, They're going to be one of the bands that I've really had an honor and pleasure of interviewing tonight. They're going to join bands such as Red Sun Rising, From Ashes to New, Star Set, Shaman's Harvest, Nonpoint, Art of Dying, and the list goes on. So please check out the podcast. I have so many interviews. I've done over 200 now uh, from major bands, comedians, filmmakers, etc. And uh, you can check it out on iTunes or you can go to my uh, Blog Talk Radio site and download them there for free. So a little bit about myself. Um, My background is primarily in uh, clinical psychology. I'm a clinical psychologist, but I also have a passion for the entertainment industry. I'm a singer-songwriter, and I've done some writing for some magazines. But what I really wanted to do, because I know how personally challenging and difficult it can be to do entertainment, especially when you do things on your own independently. So I really wanted to create a forum where I could bring people on and help promote them and get their name out there. So I wanted to combine my interviewing skills um, with my passion for entertainment. So on my show, you're going to get a really good taste of what these people's lives are like, what it's like to be in their profession. Although I mentioned I'm a psychologist, my show is purely meant for entertainment purposes. So uh, we do like to joke around. I've got a great sense of humor, but we're not doing any formal therapy um, on the show here. And also just um, if guests want to share any potentially embarrassing stories, again, we do like to incorporate humor. Just keep any specific uh, names or identifying information out because we don't want to personally embarrass or humiliate anyone. So if you're tuning in, please create a Blog Talk Radio account by going to blogtalkradio.com. If you want to call in, the number is also available on the site. It is 805-243-1320. So let's do a nice introduction for Sons of Texas, and then we are going to bring Jeff on the air. So as I mentioned, they are a blues metal rock band that are based out of McAllen, Texas. And despite them only being around for a short period of time, it looks like they've been around for maybe three-plus years now, they're really making a huge name for themselves. Uh, They're signed to Razor and Tie, and their hit title track single, uh, Baptized in the Rio Grande, which is off of their debut album, is currently number 10 in the active rock charts. So congratulations to them with that. And I found out about these guys from uh, SiriusXM Octane. It's one of my favorite stations, so I'm always listening to that on the way to work and on the way home. So uh, that's how I find out a lot a lot about these uh, new up-and-coming bands that are really, like I said, making a big name for themselves. These guys have toured with national acts such as All That Remains, Devour the Day, and Audiotopsy. And they're also going to be headed out on a tour shortly with Hinder and Within Reason. So for more information go to sonsoftexasmusic.com. And lastly, I want to thank Claire Reynolds from Razor and Ty. I've been doing some work with her for setting up this interview. Uh, They're just a pleasure to work with. All right, so without further ado, let's bring Jess on. Hey, Jess, how are you? Hey, I don't know if I I had the right one to to listen to the show. (laughs) I'm sorry. 
I, I got confused. I didn't know if I was just listening or if I was going to be able to talk or what that called. They were like, please hold. You'll be able yeah, to I'm, no, I'm sorry. I always do like an introduction just for people tuning in, especially if there's new people joining. And then I like to also do you know, some background on the band before I bring you guys on. So I apologize if it was confusing. <laughs> no, I, it's all right. It's not a problem. I just I wanted to call the right number. <laughs> yep. No, you got it. You have the right number. Uh-oh. No problem. So welcome. How are you doing? I'm doing okay, thank you. Thanks for having me, Robert. Yeah, absolutely. Just real quick, you're a little echoey. I don't know if you're on speaker or something or on a just is your that voice better? is a little echoey. Let's say. Is that good there? Yeah, that's better. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's just hard. I know it's tough when we're not face to face, and believe me, I'd love to be doing interviews like that. But you know, with the way technology is today, there's all different ways to uh, promote people. So, so again, welcome yeah, to yeah, the show. Right, and yeah, cool. And just to start out, congratulations. I saw your recent post with you guys uh, making it to the top 10 on the uh, Hard Rock Billboard album chart. So congratulations. Thank you. It's pretty awesome. We feel good about it. Yeah, you should. I mean, that's a huge accomplishment. So, yeah, I mean, we're going to get into talking about the album. It's a, it's a great album. There's no fillers. I mean, you guys are just solid songwriters and especially majorly talented musicians. So great job with the album. Thank you so much. Awesome. So let's do this. I, I like to do a little bit of a different interview. And, again, you can kind of guide it in whatever direction you'd like to go into. But I really like to learn a little bit about, you know, who you are as a person. And, of course, we're going to kind of incorporate the music and everything else. You know, let your fans learn some stuff about you guys that they might not read otherwise, you know, elsewhere, so to speak. Okay. Okay. All right. So mm-hmm. tell me a little bit about did you grow up in McAllen, Texas? Yes, I did. I did. Uh, I lived most of my life here in McCown, Texas, and uh, I did, yeah, actually all my life. I don't think about it. I lived okay. here all my life here in McCown, Texas, and it's, and it's home, you know? Okay. So you grew up there, and, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself. Did you have any brothers or sisters? You know, tell us a little bit about kind of your background. Just, you know, whatever you feel comfortable sharing, just some interesting things about your childhood if you were into sports. Um, you know, any interesting hobbies you had before you got into music? Uh, yeah, like I said, I've lived throughout my life. I've got two sisters, both younger than I am. Uh, I wasn't really into sports. I mean, I like sports, but just in, in school, I wasn't really into them, just because I just okay. wanted to be playing music the whole time. <laughs> okay. My interest was music. I wasn't really into, into, into sports that much. Okay, but, uh, so, yeah, I mean, growing so, up, it, it's all I wanted to do, all day, every day, all night, you know. It just it kind of got me in trouble in some, in some ways because that's all I wanted to do, and it was a problem in school because they wanted me to learn and this and this and that, and all I wanted to do was play. But, I mean, it's, I don't know, it's, it's what I wanted to do, and it's what I still want to do. <laughs> right, definitely. Well, that's it's definitely showing. So how old were you when you really started to get – you know, an interest in music. And tell us a little bit about maybe a first memory that you have in terms of what inspired you. Was it something you were watching on TV? Was it a family member? You know, tell us a little bit about that that part in terms of how old were you when you started to get interested. Well, I don't have very many memories of this, but it was okay. a story that kept being brought up uh, by my aunts, my, my mom, and my dad, and that when I was younger, about four years old, I would always watch this movie with uh, Lou Diamond Phillips called La Bamba. You remember that movie from back in the day? No, not really. No. But it was called it's, about, La- it's a Richie Valens story. Yeah, okay. Richie Valens. And, and uh, anyway, 
It's uh, Lou Diamond Phillips is the lead actor, and uh, it's just him playing LeBron, playing the guitar, and I apparently I burned through like four or five VHS tapes watching it over and over and over and over and over as a kid. And uh, <laughs> I, I don't know, just something about the guitar had always been uh, intriguing to me, you know? And then I guess it just kind of faded out growing up, got a little bit older, got into, you know, different themes here and there. And then when I hit high school again, I just, for some reason, it just came back and I'm screaming back in my life, and a couple of friends were playing guitar and I saw them play a couple of licks that I had, you know, heard on the radio and it just to me it was mind blowing that they could do the same thing that was being played on the radio. And you know, a friend of mine was like, Here, check this out and he gave me his headphones. What he was listening to was uh, Crazy Train by Ozzy and it, to me nice. it was like, What the hell is going on here? I need to learn how to do this <laughs> and watching other people play and, and, and just Watching them pick up, you know, certain licks or certain riffs and that kind of thing, I was like, this is this is what I've been looking for, you know, all my all my life, you know, it's what I've been wanting. I didn't know what I wanted, you know, uh, when I was a bit younger, but once I hit about maybe fifteen, that's that's when okay. I knew. I was like, this is what I want. This is what I want, you know. And my mom was like, I told her now, and she was like, well, hold on, I mean, it's not as easy as just you know one, two, three or whatever. So she went out and got me a nylon acoustic as my first guitar. And she goes, if you can learn how to squeak on this, I'll get you an electric one for your birthday, which is just a few months away, which is, I guess, planned already. But I guess that was okay. her way of trying to get me to to see if I was going to actually her take interest in it. how serious you were? Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I picked it up, and I, I just, all day, every day, you know, and that's all I wanted to do. Once she gave me the electric, I just, I heard, you know, Kirk Hammett and Randy Rhodes and all this um, you know, and how they had overdriven guitars and screaming leads and all this. And I was like, how do you make the guitar sound like that? What do you do? And just since right. I didn't have YouTube back then or the power of the Internet, it was all guitar world. Right. And it was all just reading and reading and reading and reading and reading. I sat there and all day, every day, I would sit like eight hours a day in my room just jamming, trying to figure it out. How does he make it scream like that? How does that happen? And then I learned cool. about uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan and Dimebag Daryl, and I was like, whoa, all those levels. <laughs> so uh, for me, that was Very it. Cool. You know, I'm just growing up. It's just something I dove into, and it, it, I've kept my nose to the grindstone the entire time, just trying to figure things out. And even today, like, I'm learning new stuff at, uh, while I'm home. My my wife's like, what are you doing? You're playing the same shit over and over and over and over, and it's, it's kind of <laughs> I was like, well, I'm, ner- I'm learning new stuff that I didn't know about before. You know, it's, I'm constantly learning. It's something that has always driven me to to want to learn and you reach new milestones or what have you. For some that's reason, cool. oh, it's just I love it. Yeah, that's really cool. But that's interesting because that's a pretty, you know, it's a pretty big gap between that memory, you know, that your mom and your aunt share with you about you being pretty, you know, obsessive, so to speak, with watching the movie and you know the instruments and stuff in it between four and fifteen. I mean, that's a good ten to eleven years. So. In between that time, did you dabble at all in music, or or no? Not at all, actually. It was weird. Really? Like I don't know what happened. Yeah, and like my my memories from from a child for some reason are vague. I mean, it could be to substance abuse and you know alcohol as a kid, but uh, I mean I'm clean now. By the way, okay. <laughs> but you're saying no, no, no. That's fine. I mean, but you're saying growing up, you had a, when you were younger, you had a history of dabbling in some substances. Yeah, I mean, I you know, as a kid, you experiment with, with right. you know, your friends are doing this, your friends are doing that, and I I hit a right. rough patch in my life, and it's just something that I put behind me. Now I'm here, I feel good, and my life is good, right. I'm married, I have kids. That's excellent. And, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, it's, it's but for some reason, like, I, I have very vague memories of when I was a kid, but I can remember slightly, you know, watching the the 
the Richie Valens movie, the La Bamba, and it was right. for some reason just watching him knock out that riff at the end of the movie right before the credits start rolling. It's like I, I saw that and I was like, "Damn, dude! I need I, I need to learn how to do that. I need to learn how to be able." To, which is funny. I'm still to this day don't know how to play it. But <laughs> oh well, maybe that's maybe that's one of the things you can challenge yourself to, right? To in the future, yeah, doing that thing. Maybe do a maybe Absolutely. do a metal version of it, right? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. There you go. So just real quick, are your parents or your sisters? Does anyone else in your family have a music background? Or an interest? Uh, no, not really. I mean, my mom took an interest in playing piano while I was a kid. I remember that. But it wasn't anything to where she took a huge interest. In. I mean, she bought a piano, learned a couple of tunes, and it kind of just sat on the back burner for a while. But nothing right. really to say that, like, I don't have any family that I know of that is, uh, you know. In the I industry guess, or anything? Yeah, they're not big on music. I got one cousin that's like, a killer drummer that I, I really don't keep in contact with. I've only heard stories, okay. you know, about how good he is, and he's, like, going to college for it and all that kind of stuff. But, again, that was something I didn't really right. know growing up. But okay. nothing that I can cool. think of that, you know. Okay. Well, I mean, again, you're a phenomenal guitarist. Did you, um, Jeff, did you take any lessons, or are you just pretty much self-taught? No. it's I, I took... I didn't take any lessons. To me, it's, it's weird. In my life, I realized this about myself recently. Is if I want something bad enough, I'm going to do everything in my power to get it. And I think that's exactly what happened with guitar. I wanted to learn how to, you know, play like the people that I'd seen on TV or the people I'd seen, uh, heard on, on uh, you know, discs or, or radio or tape or what have you, whatever it was back in the day. Because, sure. again, we didn't have, I didn't have the Internet, so all I did was Guitar Wolf magazine or, you know, Guitar Player or Young Guitar or any of those magazines and, and, and outlets that gave you information on the on the latest, you know, guitar oriented news. So I just every every month I would go to the store and get me my new issue guitar world and what can I learn this this month, you know? And it was just something wow. that, I, that that I recently discovered about myself. If I wanted I'm gonna then nothing's gonna stop me from getting it. <laughs> that's great. No, I mean you know what that's but that's a great quality to have, especially that kind of persistence and that perseverance in this type of an industry, as I'm sure you guys know, it's just it's just so challenging. I mean, you know what I mean? There's so many bands out there that are trying to make it and yeah, it's just an uphill battle. So the fact that you guys did put your minds to it and you're succeeding and doing very well is just something to be very, you know, proud of. So it's really cool. Yeah. Absolutely. Really cool. For us it's just weird for right. me because because I, I, I don't know, like you know, it is a challenge, but I buried myself so deep in trying to make the best music to my, you know, in, in my, within my grasp, something that I was like, you know, I just want to make the best record I can. It's something that I can, you know, be proud of and look back on later mm-hmm. and say, hey, I did this and there's nobody else that can take that from me, you know, and that's that's what we did. We got I got buried in the project and it didn't seem like it was, you know, it, I, I, nothing else was existent at the time, you know, it was it was just my family and, and the music I buried myself in and before you knew it, the, the time flew by and we're done with the record and here it is it's released and we're touring and all this stuff. Like, wow man. It's amazing. Well by. we're gonna get to that. I definitely want to hear those stories. So that's yeah, that's I'm sure I'm sure when you're so invested and you're so passionate like you're saying about it and you're trying to just put your all into it, right, everything kinda you know, kind of is fading away to the side for the moment. So so let's um, fast forward. So you're 15 years old. You're like you said. You're really kind of getting yourself into guitar, teaching yourself a lot. Um, so when do you start to get into your first band? Um, 
I wasn't ever really in a band. It was weird. I, I my first oh, okay. actual live performance was a was a was a talent show that they had in school, but it wasn't until I was out of like I don't know how to say it. Like I, I was, it was I was still in school, but it was just like a, a little um, like I said, a talent show, and we we just put together five dudes that okay, these are the songs we want to play, just you know for the sake of performing live. And mm-hmm. then I did. I did one band for like what seemed like a small time frame in my life, and it was nothing ever really went past the jam space when I was younger. You know what I mean? It was like just a okay. couple of friends in the inside of a room playing, and it wasn't until I got in my adult years that I actually started getting into bands. I've been in, like, I want to say, three bands before we're in Southern Texas. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Okay, so when did, let's talk a little bit about the story about how you guys came together, because I, I did some research and I saw that, some, I mean, there was kind of this mixture going on where it's like two of you are working together, then three of you, and it, you kind of like, you know, piecemealing, and then eventually you come together as a group with the five of you. So, you know, tell us an interesting story and pull some, you know, some interesting data in, so to speak, to tell us about how you guys eventually made yeah, it was, how you guys came together. It's a long web of the right. <laughs> uh, stories that came together that made the band that is today. It's weird. Mark started and named the very first band that Nick and Mike, our drummer, were part of. Nick Nick is our bass player and our, Mike is our drummer. They were part of the first band that, that Mark had named and started. And then Mark left for some reason. They continued. And they were in search for another guitar player. And the band that we were in currently, me and John, had gone in a downward spiral. And John said, well, if they're going to need help, I'll go jump on there just to keep active. And uh, it was weird. Their bass player, I guess, was about to leave, too. And I was like, you know what? I'll just I'll jump on bass just for the sake of keeping active in the scene, that kind of thing, just to keep busy and not lose sight of what I wanted. And uh, so I jumped on bass. Nick was on guitar. John was on guitar, and Mike was on drums, and we had another friend of ours on vocals, and it was for three or four years. That was what we were doing, and then I I gotten trapped in the in the bass world, and I was like, I need to get back on six strings, and I slowly right. started to see a decline in 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 that band, so I I kind of joined forces with Mark, and it was more of a traditional metal band, you know, more in the vein of like Megadeth or Pantera and you know that kind of thing and so it was like a traditional metal style and it's weird the 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 band that I left slowly started to get a decline I left I started playing and then John John was like I kept telling him I was like we should jam again dude we should jam again we should play guitar you know whatever and uh, through like I guess a year or two it just slowly started materializing and the the band that I was in with Mark slowly started to, to decline and deteriorate slowly. And and it was like that, you know, went away. And I was like, well, why don't we get Mark to sing for us and this other project that we want to do? Because me and John had always wanted to do some kind of a band that had the liberty, or not, I guess, the liberty, but uh, I guess the, it wasn't centered in one genre. Right, It was like, right. we can do rock, we can do blues, we can do metal, we can do anything we want to do. And it, it's just like, there's no boundaries, you know, to what we can achieve. And mm-hmm. I, I 
I'd always wanted to do it. John was like, yeah, man, let's do it. Go back to, you know, me and you, because John and I had always been like a a, a weird, we're, to, we're polar opposites. And it, for some reason it works on guitar. I don't know. It just, it just fucking, it just worked. And, That's uh, uh, it, through the years, we just kept, you know, back and forth. He's been a friend of mine, whatever. He's the reason I met my wife. And, uh, oh, wow, very cool. It, we just, yeah, we just stayed in touch. And then, you know, this band went to crap, that band went to crap. And it was slowly like taking the, the, the members that you wanted from this group, the members that you wanted from that group, and putting it together and saying, hey, this works. And it was weird because, Nick, our bass player now, was a guitar player for that band that we were in, and I was on bass. But right. Nick originally started on bass and jumped to guitar for that band. I originally started on guitar for another band, and originally the guitar was my instrument, but I jumped on bass for that band. It was weird, you know, it's just like this big web of, of things that are going on, and eventually all the pieces kind of just seemed to land where they were supposed to land, and it was like, okay, this is Sons of Texas, let's do it, you know, and it, it just... After we got Nick and Mike, it was like the final pieces of the puzzle. It just started to snowball. And we were like, all right, let's do it. We started in 2013 with this lineup, and then eight months later, we were signed to Razor and Tire Records. That's amazing. And I want, I want to definitely ask questions about that because that's just, I mean, that, that's amazing in terms of the short period of time that it took you guys to, to get to that next step. But let's do this. I want to definitely fit in um, two songs tonight, Jeff. So let's talk a little bit about, tell us about um, the title track of your album, Baptized in the Rio Grande. And, you know, just give us a little bit of background on it in terms of something interesting about it. How did you guys come up with this song? What's the, what's the concept behind it? And then we'll uh, check it out. Uh the lyrics and the concept and all that was all Mark's brainchild. I mean, this guy is, it's weird. He's hes very particular about certain things. And when I asked him what it was about, I was like, man, these lyrics are pretty cool. Like, is it what I think it's about? He's like, well, what do you think it's about? And I told him, and he was like, yeah, you know, go with it. And I was like, dude, tell me what it's about. <laughs> you know, he's the kind of guy that likes to leave things open in interpretation. So it's like, you know, you, you develop your own, uh, connection with the team yeah. itself rather than have somebody tell you, oh, this is what it's about. It just, you know, I, I am thinking for you. Right? It's rather him saying, think for yourself. If you like the connection you have to it, go for it. But what it actually is about, I, you know, after, you know, grinding him and, and figuring out what it was, it all made sense because people think it's about being baptized in a river that's, you know, here in our, our right. hometown. but. It has nothing to do with that at all. It's just it's it's more of a metaphor for cutting your teeth from where you live. You know what I mean? Because a lot of people Very will tell cool. us, well, if you want to make it in the music business, you have to go to L.A. or you have to go to Austin or one of those hotbeds of music to where, you know, it, it's very active and the scene is it's thriving and that kind of thing. And I, Mark's thing was like, no, man, I don't I don't believe that at all. He's like, if you're good enough, if you do everything you're supposed to do, if if you really feel you know, passionate about it and you give it your all, it shouldn't matter where you come from or where you're going. It's just, it, you should be able to do it. And that's what Baptizing the Real Band was about. It's about not having think, yeah. to conform to, to, to the norms of society and say, oh, well, we got to, you know, go by their rules and say, hey, we got to move to Austin to try and make something of ourselves. It was more like, okay, we're from, this is where we're from. We're, the collective cities surrounding McAllen and McAllen make up what's called the Rio Grande Valley. So it's kind of okay. like cutting your teeth Cutting our teeth from the real Grand Valley. This is our home. This is where we're from. We don't need to go anywhere else. This is who we are. And not just not to be ashamed of who you are and where you come from. Just be proud of it. You know what I mean? 
So yeah. from, from yeah, the get-go, no. it's like a fire. He's like, it's nothing's going to stop us. If it's, gonna, if it's supposed to happen, it's going to happen. It doesn't matter. If we're in Austin, L.A., it doesn't matter. And I sure enough, so it worked cool. out. And it was just, it seemed like such a great thing, you know, that, that, that a great idea. It was, it, it was, everything was happening the way it was supposed to. And it just seemed fitting to call our first album you know, baptizing the real grand because it went with everything. It was like, you know, we're, we're just where we're from. This is who we are. Why, instead of uh, straying away from it, let's face it bit on and wave the flag and the colors. You know what I mean? That's who we are. Yeah. No, I think that's great. I mean, and I think it's a really important point you make, too, because, I mean, I can't tell you how many times they hear people, whether it's, you know, either people I'm interviewing on the radio show or people I know in general um, in the entertainment industry who say, like you said, you know, you have to move to – you know, L.A., or you have to be in New York, or you have to, and I agree with you, if you want something that bad, and you're dedicated, and you have the talent, et cetera, it doesn't matter where you are, and I think that's really yeah. cool that you guys kind of stuck to your guns, you know, no pun intended, and, uh, you know, stayed there and, and proved to everyone who maybe doubted that you couldn't do it, um, that it was possible, so, yeah, awesome, congrats. All right, so let's do this. I'm going to put you on hold. We're going to check out uh, Baptized in the Rio Grande, and then we'll come back and continue the interview. Fantastic. Okay, hold on, Jess. All right, everyone, again, you're listening to Jess from Sons of Texas. We're going to check out their title track single of their album, Baptized in the Rio Grande, which is out right now, so be sure to pick up a copy of it. You can also check them out at sonsoftexasmusic.com. And we'll be back in a moment.
dying trees we are way down Welcome back to the Carrie Edelman Show again. Sons of Texas with their hit single, Baptized in the Rio Grande. So be sure to pick up a copy of that album today. As I said, it is phenomenal. No filler tracks. These guys got some major talent going on. So uh, check it out and pick up a copy today. All right, let's bring Jess back on. All right, Jess, how are you? Great, great track. Thank you. Very, very cool. Cool stuff you guys got going on there. So let's uh, talk a little bit about, um, before we get into how you signed with uh, Razor and Ty, how, and I mean, it's pretty, I don't want to say it's pretty overt and, you know, obvious, but how did you guys decide on the name Sons of Texas? Was there anything, did you have a variety of names to choose from? How did it come to be? Well, I mean, originally we were going to be called Texas, just Texas, like the state. We were kind of okay. like, well, you know, it's, it's kind of cool because, you know, it encompasses everything we do, that kind of thing. It's a big state. It's kind of like setting the bar high, kind of saying, hey, if you're from Texas, you might, you better be damn good to be able to represent that name. But we kind of like wanted to set ourselves up that way and say, hey, well, you have no choice but to try and be the best you can or whatever. And uh, sure enough, it was taken but by a band from Glasgow, Scotland, no less. You know, we're like, oh. what the hell is going on there? It was weird. And they're a right. pop band, you know, pop band from Glasgow. I mean, not that I blame them. You know, Texas is a great place to, you know, name yourself after or whatever. But uh, it, it was it was just weird, and it was kind of a bummer. And we were like, man, what are we going to do? And so I think it was Mike that came up with, you know, the, the name itself. And, you know, we thought to ourselves, well, a lot of people have told us already, you know, you sound like this or you sound like that or you sound like this. And it, a lot of the – a lot of the – bands that were referencing us to were Texas bands. So we were like, you're you're paying homage to the to the forefathers from Texas who were mm-hmm. you know, set paved the way and, and, and you know made the name for themselves from Texas, that kind of thing. And we had influences, you know, influences that we listen to. So it was like it's fitting, you know, people say you sound like this, you sound like that, you sound like this, it's all Texas bands, you know, it's kinda of like a next of kin thing. Right. So it's kinda of like paying homage to the to the bands that we looked up to as kids and, and saying, Hey, you know, we're we're this is who we are. Very cool. Very cool. But it's interesting with like you said, with that name Texas in terms of being taken. I mean I did some like I said, I did some reading on you guys yesterday and that's not one thing I came across. I'm sure you've talked about it somewhere before, but that's really kind of, you know, ironic and funny in a way, like you said, this is from Scotland and they're using the name Texas, but all right. But yeah. again, you guys got a really unique name, and I think, like you said, it's very fitting for for who you guys are as a band and where you're from. Um, so absolutely, really cool. I think we wanted something also that wasn't the norm in in right. 
most band names, like you hear that and you don't know what to think. You don't know, I mean, is it going to be country? Is it going to be, you know, rock? Is it going to be metal? What is it, you know? And you can't help but say, hey, well, let me see what it's about at least, you know? Right. Or at least right. that's, what, that's, what, like... that's what my approach would be. Yeah, I think it's an intriguing name, and I think that right away kind of captivates people's attention to say, hey, let's check these guys out. That's really cool. I mean, I want to see what they're about. So definitely, definitely. Yeah. Okay, so let's get into, because I want to hear what your, your magic potion is, so to speak, that you get signed in eight months. So, yeah, talk a little bit about, you know, how you guys come to the attention of um, Razor and Ty. And I, I read some interesting stories, but I also want to hear, you know, your input. And, um, yeah, go for it. Yeah, I mean, uh, originally we had started the band Texas in 2011, and it was two different guys on drums and bass. But we had done a couple trips up to Austin for a huge festival called South by Southwest. I don't know, maybe you've heard about it, but yeah, we did exactly. it, uh, uh, I think it was twice. No, okay, yeah, the first time we did it was with, in 2012, I think, with, with the first lineup, which was the other two guys. And then... We ran into a guy named Shane Wells. He's a he's a cool dude, cool dude. He just so happened to walk past the bar we were playing because if, if if you've ever been to South by Southwest, the entire street, Sixth Street, is closed off so no vehicles can go in. So the entire street is literally thousands of people. Like it, it's wow. insane how many people are out there. And, and I think I want to say that the entire music industry is at South by Southwest during that entire week. Oh my gosh! But right. Uh, we were, we were playing, and the doors are open, and, the, you know, you can hear from the street what's going on in the bar because we're right by the door. We're playing, and a guy named Shane Wells walks up to us after this. Says, hey, he goes, hey, man, I did what you did, such and such and such. Do you have any music I can have? I was like, yeah. So we gave him the demo. We sat down. We talked. Being an A&R guy for uh, Red Bull Records, huge, okay. huge label. Yeah. Awesome. They're, yep, they're, they're cool people, them. all that kind of thing, whatever. And, uh we were like, man, this is cool. You know, the guy was being awesome with us. He really enjoyed the set. He liked what he'd heard. And he's like, let me take it to, you know, my people and see what's going on. And, you know, we kept contact with him, but it, it kind of just seemed like I think the label wanted us to develop a little bit more because we were still in our infancy, still learning, whatever. And, and real, uh, real quick, Jeff, just to digress for a second, how do you guys get to South by Southwest? Like, is that something where someone has to pitch you guys, or can you – Pay to get on a bill there? Like, how does that work? I think the guy that saw us play locally had the connection to the, or okay, I don't know if he you. owns the bar. I don't know if he owns the bar or he knows the guy that owns the bar in in uh, right. in Austin. And I think his name was George. And he's just a cool dude all around. But I forget if cool. he owns the bar, if he knows the guy that owns the bar. And he was like, yeah, well, we got spots. If you guys want to play, we're like, oh, yeah, we want to play. You know, it was just like a thing we jumped in. Right, right. Okay. So yeah, uh, we I'm did sorry, that I didn't want to move you away from that, and it, but I just always find it so interesting to, again, see, like, how all the pieces fit together. So, okay, so this guy oh, you're yeah. keeping in touch oh. with. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, and and the guy was like, you know, I, I guess, like I said, the, uh, the label was waiting for us to develop because we didn't hear much for a couple of months, and then, you know, whatever happened with our with our previous lineup it just it, it didn't seem to be working out and we had a conflict of interest so we we're like you know what man maybe, maybe it's time to move on you know and we i was like what if we get nick and mike you know on 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 drums and bass they've they've been stand-up dudes they got their head on straight they're you know uh good musicians you think they'd be interested and it was kind of like well let's ask them let's see what's going on it was funny because from what i understand john reached out to mike our drummer now 
and asked him, mm-hmm. hey, you know, we're working on this new project. Would you want to be part of it? And I guess he'd already seen us. And he goes, dude, it was about damn time. You know, I guess he was waiting for us to, to, to <laughs> want to jam again, you know. And the guy, right. it was just funny to me that he was just like, dude, it's about time you called me, you know, whatever. So uh, January 1st was our first practice. And, you know, Mark was a little bit skeptical just because he hadn't seen the guys for a long time or hadn't seen the play, what have you. And uh, we showed up, we practiced, and we're like, okay, this is it. Let's do it. And, you know, it's just from there it was, you know, we, we were like, we were given the opportunity to get for the same guy to go to South by Southwest, which was just a few months down the line, which is in March or what have you. We went, we okay. played, and we ran into to, – the Shane Wells again, and he was like, yeah, well, it's, it's not happening. Or, no, no, yeah, yeah, the second year, something like that. And he was like, yeah, well, it's just not happening, whatever. You know, I gave the, your your demo to the A&R, and made, I don't, like, I I guess it all boiled down to, the way he was saying it, it all boiled down to us not being the kind of band that they were looking for at the moment. So we're like, all right, it's cool, man. I mean, you gave us a shot, you know, you listened to us, you pitched us, whatever. We we appreciate it. It's still keep contact with the guys, friends on Facebook. Mm-hmm. We chat every now and again. He's a cool dude, whatever. But he gave our our music to the head A and R, and it turned out that she had lunch with our attorney. Now he wasn't at the time, but he had lunch with them with him. I mean, and she gave him our music. She he was you know bringing up I guess at the dinner. Just from what I heard from him, he said he was looking for a certain band you know, with, with with this kind of sound, that kind of sound, whatever, right. and, you know, just, there was something he was looking for, and she goes, well, here's these guys, maybe it, it, it could be along the lines of something you're looking for, and he took it back to his, you know, his own place, his own time, he's listening to it, and um, it's 11 o'clock my time, fast forward, you know, however long it's <laughs> right. for him to call me, it's 11 p.m., I'm in bed with, with my wife, and I get this call, and on the phone, you know how it's, uh, certain number and then it'll say mm-hmm. uh mccallan texas or whatever it says los angeles california right. i was like i mean it can't be a bill collector because it's 11 o'clock at night i was i was intrigued the fact that it said la <laughs> and i was like all right you know where i answered the phone i was like hello yeah i'm looking for a guy named jesse you know whatever somebody from the band texas blah blah blah, blah. and i was like well I'm, it's me i'm jess who the hell are you <laughs> it's kind of, it was kind of right. like why are you calling me right now i'm in bed who are you and the guy's like, you know, stoked on the other end of the line. He's a cool dude. Guys, is is nothing but awesome. I can't give him enough gratitude and praise for helping us out the way he did. I mean, and much awesome. love. Shout out to to Eric German, great dude. I love him. He's a he's awesome. But he calls me and he's like, yeah, man, I'm stoked. This this net, and he's telling me that he's a lawyer from L.A. and and all this stuff. And I'm like, it's a little bit. Awesome. It's awesome, but it's a little bit overwhelming, you know, because I, I was fixing to go to sleep. So he's right. calling me, and this whole the whole time I got him on speaker because my wife's like, "What's going on?" You know, I put him on speaker, and while he's telling me who he is, you know, his credentials, that kind of thing, she's googling him simultaneously. So I'm like, "All right, that's smart. Going on. That's she smart." Googles him, and everything he's saying checks out. And like, you see his line of credentials, and I'm like, "Holy crap, this guy's right. a real deal." Awesome. And so right. the guy's like, end of the conversation, he's like, "Bottom line." I'm going to get you a record deal. And when he said that, I was like, wow. Like it was, it was a total like mind, mind blowing moment. I was like something I'd been wanting to hear forever. And like, I I just didn't know how to take it. I was like, is this somebody going to show up at my door, ring the doorbell and say, gotcha. We're just messing with you the whole time. You right. know, 
And we're like, right. what the hell is going on? Anyway, I told the guy, so cool. and he calls back, like, I don't know, maybe a week or two later, I don't know, some, something down the line, but he calls back, and he's like, hey, Jess, I'm like, what's up, man? He's like, I got a buddy of mine here. His name is Mike Gitter. Check it out. And he's like, before he even gets to finish whatever he's saying, Mike Gitter's on the other line. He's going, I love your music. I love your band. He's like hollering. And I'm like, wow, what the <laughs> hell is going on? Who is this guy? And uh, he goes, he's a buddy of mine. He's from a, ba- uh, a label called Razor and Tie. And I was like, okay. cool, man. So what, what's, what's going on? He goes, oh, I was playing my music, playing your music on, in my office. And he just so happened to be stopping by. I showed him your music, and that guy says he likes it or whatever. So they, he's talking about it. He goes, yeah, man, I need to come see you guys perform, yada, yada, yada. At this moment, we haven't even, you know, signed the contract with Eric, our lawyer, and, and this guy's already like, yeah, 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 I want to I see your band live. I want to see what's going on, whatever. So the guy flies out to Houston to catch one of our shows that we did up there. And after the show, I mean, we we were nervous as hell. We didn't know what to do. We got one of the guys from a label, you know, and again, while he was giving us his credentials and his name on the phone, my wife was Googling him simultaneously while she was listening in what's going on because I, I, I didn't know what to expect, you know. And his his credentials, I mean, if, if you don't know, if you know who Mike Gitter is, look him up. He's, he's a legit dude, awesome dude, also a great guy. Shout out, much love to him, too, for, for giving us a chance. But he flew out to... Houston caught the show and he goes, "You exceeded all expectations. I'm taking him back to the label. We're gonna give you, uh, we're gonna give you a call back with an offer maybe by the end of the week." And I just, I literally like almost shat myself at that moment. <laughs> <laughs> right. And it, it was just a, an unreal moment. It was cool. I mean, like the guy was being so calm, very, very cool dude, very That's chill. Cool. And I was like, he was talking to us, and I was like, "Man, is this real? Like, is it's." Again, I'm waiting for Ashton Kutcher to pop out and say, gotcha, you know, just mess right, around, right. whatever. But, <laughs> that needs, uh, to your, no, uh, that uh, needs to be your slogan, Jeff. you got to make the slogan, gotcha. I think you need some T-shirts. Yeah, that. like but, um, somebody's messing with us, you know what I mean? Still to right. this day, I'm like, is this is this real life, it's you know, so is this cool. happening, whatever. No, but, uh, I mean, sure enough, they, they did their lawyer and label thing for a while, back and forth, and, and it, it just worked out, and we ended up on uh, the roster with Razor and Tide. <laughs> we have so far and we love everybody there. They've been nothing but great to us and we appreciate everything they've done for us. Shout out and much love yeah. to everybody at Razor and Tide too. Thank you. Yeah, I think it's, and, and, and like I said, I mean, just on the other side, just booking with them and scheduling interviews, like, I mean, nothing but pros and it's a pleasure for me too. It's like, you know, I request something, it's like, bam, I get it and I get that plus 10 other things and it's, they're just so organized and efficient and so yeah, Jess, you guys are with some amazing people. Yeah, so you can too, definitely huh? see that. She's a nice girl. Yeah. Yeah. No, great. Really, really professional and, and yeah, very, very um pleased with all the stuff that they're they're doing for you guys too. So when you sent the um when you had that demo before you signed with Razor and Ty and then of course, you know, put out the album you have now, where did you was it something that you guys just put together? Like what type of a demo did you guys have that you were, you know, pushing around a little bit? We had done two EPs. The first EP we did oh, was okay. in the first year uh, with the other with the other two dudes in the band with Texas. We were right. called Texas. We put out the EP. It was four tracks, you know, just four of our best songs, just something as samples for anybody who wants to give us a chance yeah. to listen to. You know, it's just something that encompasses everything we do. So we put that out, and that's the that's the. I think that's what. No, it wasn't. It was the second one. Anyway, the yeah, second one was with the new lineup. 
No, no, go ahead, guys. Oh, so. No, the second one we did was with the new lineup with with uh, Mike and Nick, and it was um, three songs. And it's funny because Pull It and Fire is on that, and so is Texas Trim on the second uh, on the second EP we did. So Pull It and Fire back then was called Piss in the Wind, and uh, Texas Trim was still right. called Texas Trim. But that was that was the EP that got to I think Eric German's hands, or maybe it was the first. One. I don't remember which one it was. But that oh. when we put that out, that floated around for a while, and it got—I mean, it got some, some—it turned some heads, and and thankfully it did, and it worked out, you know. Very cool. Let's do this. I definitely wanted to talk a little bit about the album, but um, want to check out another song. So, like I said, the songs are—they're just amazing. I mean, I September's a great track, you know, a little bit of a slower song. Uh, Breathing through my wounds is really cool, but. One of the ones that I love that I think should be your second single if I had a choice is um, Blame Shift. I think Blame Shift is just a it's a great track. Um, you so would choose little... the second single to be Blame Shift. Is that what you just said? Yes. Oh, wow. That's funny because that's exactly what's going to be. <laughs> no. Wait, 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 wait. you got to hear this, okay? So this is a funny story. So Red Sun Rising was on my show, I guess, a few weeks ago, right before the end of the, the year, okay? And Claire, mm-hmm. I said to Claire, I said, oh, I'm going to pick a second track out for them. She's like, oh, I'm really curious to hear. We never talked about it, but I emailed her. She said, I'm curious to hear what your, you know, they have like 13 songs on their album. So I said, yeah. I said, you know, the one I would pick is Emotionless. So it's so funny. When they were on my show, I said, all right, this is the song really? I pick. Wow. And I'm good. I'm telling you, Jeff. <laughs> you, got, you got the mojo. Um, you got the mojo. Yeah. Well, again, maybe if you're ever interested, I have a background in, in music and I have an album out as a, a singer-songwriter. So I, I think I have a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of an ear for some stuff. But, yeah, right that's, that's, that's awesome. Cool. Yeah, yeah, so Blame Shift. Yeah, it's a great track, really great. I mean, it just Thank stood you. out to me right away. All right, so tell us a little bit about that, and we're going to check it out. I'm sorry. Say you there? Part. Yeah, yeah, tell us, yeah, yeah, tell us a little bit about Blame Shift. It was just a, a riff that I had worked on for a while. The uh, the verse riff was the first riff that I came up with. And it was just an idea that I brought to the jam space. And the guys, you know, bounced ideas back and forth. And it, it just, it was weird because it took a while to kind of materialize. And it just, so much, so much. And I was like, man, I I feel like this this could work with the right, you know, vocals on it or whatever. And then so the, the parts that I had were the verse riff and the chorus riff and okay. I was like let's let's make this work come on you know let's make it work and the guys being who they are bounced ideas and eventually they made it work you know it, it's everything like we all you know it's weird one guy will have an idea we'll send it to the band you know via phone or whatever just a little recorded audio clip and when we get to the jam space to try and work it out there'll be five different ideas as to how the you know, the the music should be because it's five different takes on the same thing, you know? Right. And that's what's great about it is everybody's so, you know, different in the band that when we approach writing music, it's not, everybody's not just like, oh, well, it should be this way or it should be that. It's, you know, we, we listen to the five ideas. We take the best parts of each one, and that's what becomes the song itself. And then when we hit the studio, Josh Wilbur just helped us focus what we wanted for the song, and it just, to me, I, I personally, I'm, I'm proud of that one because I didn't going to be what it is. You know, it's just I mm-hmm. had the riff. 
I, I had the, I had the two riffs for it. I, I took it to the jam space. Mark came storming out of the gates with with vocals and lyrics, and I was just like, "What the hell? Where did this come from?" You know, Josh right. Wilbur helped us, you know, put it all together, and I was just like, like I I I, I felt so proud when I heard everything finally put together. You know, we recorded all the tracks, we recorded all the you know, the drums, the guitars, the bass, everything. And I had heard it in the, in the jam space, but it's it's a much better experience when you can hear back without having to play, if, if that makes any sense. Like, when you yeah. hear back what you've worked on without having to perform it, it's effective. If that makes any sense at all. But well, when yeah, I heard it all come together, I was like, man, this is cool. You know, like, I, I, I felt really <laughs> great about it. And it's, it's weird that it's going to be the second single. I... I I didn't guess it. I wouldn't have guessed that it was going to get that far, but let's see. Hopefully, it does well. Yeah, you know. No, it's great. I mean, and again, like I said, I I think the album's amazing. But when I was with, just you know just listening it first time through, I'll always kind of hone in and just kind of see what kind of strikes me. And that one just again, in in addition to baptizing the Rio Grande, which is also you know a killer track, that one just right away just kind of struck me. I was like, this is really cool. This track, so yeah, really cool. All right. So let's um, let's check out the song, okay? And then we'll come back, talk a little bit about uh, your recording experience with uh, Josh Wilbur, and learn some other interesting things. And then I'll eventually I'll let you go for the night. All right? Right on. Okay, hold on, Jeff. All right, everyone. Again, if you tuned in late for any reason to the show, again you're listening to Jeff from Sons of Texas. There will be a podcast available after. The interviews over so you can always uh, download it and uh, check it out. So right now we're going to check out Blame Shift, which uh, we just discussed is going to be their second single off of, the, off of their album, Baptized in the Rio Grande. So take a listen, and we will be back.
it all worked out really, really well. He's a great guy. His wife is a sweetheart, too. She, you know, helped us out while we were out there. She, they took us into their home for, you know, meals because they knew we were out there. And, you know, we fast food, and she was like, hey, you know, it's every now and again, a home-cooked meal would be nice, you know. So she, nice. great people, <laughs> both of them. Josh and Tracy Wilbur, great, great people. I love them to death. And, again, this another some other people that I, I can't express my gratitude enough for for everything they've done for us and you know we love them great people and we hope to work with them again on the next album and all yeah. the other ones after that <laughs> well i think you know it's a great experience really, it's it's really cool to hear just just you know just again how appreciative you are i think that's awesome and and it's really cool to see that you guys were really lucky and, and met some amazing people because i'm sure you've heard horror stories you know, it's just unfortunately people that getting into situations that, like, you got your wife Googling these people. She's like, all right, they're legit, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, there's, you know, there's situations where people get into some really, you know, not so great situations, so to speak. And, and you guys have been really fortunate to meet just really amazing people that support you guys and believe in you. Um, and and that, that's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've been very, very fortunate and very blessed to have the people in our lives that we do and have as well as the support that we do, you know, like the people that the people who support us, the, I don't want to call them fans, but I feel like that's, I don't know, maybe taken away from the people that they are, you know, like they, they come out to the show, they support what we do, they, they like the music, they hang out with us, they talk to us, they, you know, they interact with us on, on, on social media, they, you know, every now mm-hmm. and again, they, we just, you know, if we see them again on the road, they just have those people in our lives, and, you know, we, we, can't thank them enough for for giving us their support. You know, they they don't have to be there. They don't have to go out of the shows, but they they seem to have a good time when they come out. So we do our best to to, to keep that going. You know, you come out, and that's that's what we hope to provide is just people having a good time. You know, listening to some live tunes in the process. You know, maybe have a couple of drinks or whatever, and you know, hopefully everybody ends on a good note. And it was something memorable that they can walk away with, you know? Right. Now, and, and that's the other part, right? I mean, you have all these great people working with you and promoting you and getting you guys where you need, where you need to be. But like you said, the flip side is the fans or however you want to describe them, and that, that's a huge component of it too because without them, right, you wouldn't be where you are either. So, yep, absolutely. Absolutely. So, Tell us, you know, I always like to uh, learn something interesting about you guys. Tell us some of your interests. I know music is kind of your your bread and butter, so to speak. But, you know, tell us each of the members if there's something interesting about them. You know, I don't know, they're fans of movies or they like to read or, you know, they like to play video games. Just, you know, share with us something about each member if you can. I'll tell you something that probably maybe wasn't something that is expected. Every single member of this band is a huge, huge pop fan. <laughs> Everybody. Is he what? Not even get, like, huge pop fan, you know, pop music. You're, I'm sorry, you're breaking up a little bit. Pop music, you know, dance, you know. Oh, pop music, uh, yeah, 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 okay. Yeah, yeah, and like Nick and Mike are like, don't ever say anything unkind about Taylor Swift around them. You've been warned. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, they're, so that they're, type they're of pop, dudes, okay. But, uh, yeah, I, I personally like to listen to, you know, Lady Gaga, Michael Jackson, you know, just I, I listen to everything. I like music. I I don't feel like I like Nickelback. I know people. I don't know why it's cool to hate on that band, but I personally I like know. Nickelback. I, Poor Nickelback. I, right. I think their music is awesome. I dig it. You know, 
I also like the heavier stuff. I listen to, you know, when I was a kid growing up, I listened to Cannibal Corpse. I listened to King Diamond. I love Andy LaRock, hell of a guitar player. I listened to okay. the Death, Sheldoner, you know. I listened to Pantera, Megadeth, you know, Marty Friedman, my guy. I love that dude. He's awesome. And it's, I, you know, okay. like, I listen to all kinds of music, but it doesn't end at metal. It doesn't end at rock. It doesn't end here, there. I like everything. I listen to country. I listen, but the thing that's funny is that not, I want to say like 80% of the time when we're driving in the van on the way to gig or whatever, pop music mm-hmm. on the radio for some reason. Right. Bruno Mars, great dude. Awesome music, cool. all that stuff. And again, I don't know why people call it guilty pleasures. You shouldn't feel guilty about the stuff you like. If you like it, you like it. I think I heard mm-hmm. Corey Taylor say it the, the best. It's I mean, you dig what you dig and don't let nobody ever take that from you, you know? Right. Right, very cool. Okay, so listening to pop music is definitely something you guys do in your downtime. Do you guys like any specific genre of films or anything? Does anyone like to read? Is there anything, you know, inter- You know, is anyone a horror fan? Anything like that going on? <laughs> yeah, everybody digs movies in this in this van. Everybody, you know what's a big thing for us Sundays? Football. We dig watching sports in general. On Sunday, we will sit down if we get a chance fire up a tube, crack open some brew, barbecue if we get the chance. Barbecue is another big thing for us. In my house all the time. Okay. I fire up the down pit. Texas. Guys come over, you know, again, well, if the game's on, we'll watch the game. If it's, if it's just a regular day, we'll, you know, fire up the pit, crack open some brew. I make a mean guacamole. I don't mean to toot my own horn, but I'm pretty damn good Ooh, at nice. guacamole. Okay. And, uh, I mean, we, we, love to, we love to get together, hang out, have some beers. Nick doesn't drink, but he still hangs out. And, you know, have a good time. Everybody has a good time. That's the biggest thing about this event is the, the, the one thing we all love to do is have a good time. No, whatever, whatever it is we do, it's got to be while having a good time, you know? Nice. But, yeah, football, barbecue, uh, pop music. You know, pop metal, music. obviously. Yeah, rock music, every, everything. Uh, and we, it's just, it's all about the good times, you know. All right, all right. So, yeah, so let's do this. I mean, definitely plug. I know you have some some shows coming up in the near future with um, Hinder and Within Reason, right? You guys are going to be going out on a tour with them. Them and uh, do I think what's three or four weeks, something like that, and we'll be out on the road with them. And uh, hopefully, it's coming to a town near you. If you guys are in the area, come say what's up. That's another thing I wanted to mention I, now that I'm bringing it up is 90% of the time at shows, we're at the merch table, hanging out, drinking beers, you know, taking pictures if you want to take pictures, doing whatever, just talking to people, shooting the shit. And then the other, I guess the other 10% were either on stage or loading up the van, you know? Right. Right. Definitely. Well, I mean, it's been a great interview, Jess. And um, if you can, I would love for you to please share the uh, podcast. I'll, I'll post the link when it's done on your page so that all the fans can uh, check it out because I think it was a really cool interview and they're going to learn a lot of interesting things about you guys. All right? But um, Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I will I'll send that to you guys on your page and so you can definitely share it. So, you know, people are going to probably respond to you more than they will to me that's kind of sitting in the little corner um, <laughs> on the page. But I just, uh, well, you know how it is. I mean, it's, a you know, fans definitely want to hear from you guys. But, I mean, it's been a pleasure, seriously, and I wish you guys much continued success with the album, and you're always welcome back on the show. So I'd love to have you back on when you have some new stuff coming out in the future. I'll tell you what, it was a two-way street. Thank you for having me. It's, it's been an absolute pleasure 
talking with you, and, you know, this interview was actually one of the more fun ones I've, I've done so far, and, and thank you for making it, you know, cool. It's, like I said, good times, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, thank you, Justin. Please share that with Claire, because I'm working strongly with her, so I definitely want to keep uh, Razor and Tide a great label and great people, and, you know, same with you. I, I want to surround myself with, you know, good people, too. So I think it works. Absolutely. Hey, we're a phone call away anytime. You know, you'll have (laughs) us. We'll love to chat with you again. Thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. And again, much success. And uh, we'll be in touch, okay? Thank you so much. You have a great night. Okay. You too, Jeff. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, everyone. Again, Jeff from Sons of Texas. And the podcast will be available once. The interview um, is over tonight, but uh, thank you again for tuning in tonight, and it was a great interview with him. I mean, we, we did over an hour. We probably could have went on, but I didn't want to keep the uh, keep him on forever. So again, if you, uh, for some reason, tuned in a little late, you can download the podcast after it's over. Um, I always like to just throw a few plugs out there so that people can keep listening to the show, and um, I'm not sure if uh, someone called back in. Did you call back in, Jeff? Oh, yeah, because I, I heard you talking. I don't know if I prematurely hung No, 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 no. No, I always kind of do a little wrap-up thing, and I was like, uh-oh, maybe you forgot something to plug. This is interesting. This is I've done about 200 interviews. This is the first time this has happened. That's fine. You're you're always welcome back on. <laughs> we love to have okay, fun. I'm sorry about that again. I, I no, just, no, I that's fine. No, don't worry right. about it. Thank you, Jeff. Okay, take care. All right, bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. All right. That was interesting. So now as I'm just kind of winding down for the night, um, again, I love to keep in touch with everyone and uh, definitely share all these interviews that I have. So please become a fan of The Carrie Edelman Show on Facebook. You can also follow me on Twitter at Carrie Edelman. If you follow me, I will follow you. And I have um, two Facebook pages up, personal pages, and another way that's great to keep in touch with people. So one of them is maxed out, but find my other one that's not and uh, send me a friend request, and we can keep in touch that way too. So a great way to start off the new year. Again, I hope everyone has an amazing 2016, and Sons of Texas were awesome. Next week on the 11th, uh, Monday the 11th, we will be having the hard rock band Failure Anthem coming on, another band from Razor and Tie. So uh, be sure to tune in at 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern next Monday on January 11th to check it out. So thank you again for the support, and everyone have a great night.